earth is a gallery. We are the works of art, all in the same family, beating with one heart. Pride tears us apart. Be wise and let's connect. When lost becomes found, yeah, this is the bridge. Praise God, grace and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Prophet Link, the homie lost and found, and we have the great, the amazing, the wonderful, our guest Darius West here on the Missing Link podcast where we connect creators and fans. Mr. Darius West, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Great to be on board with you guys here on your podcast. Excited to do this with you, man. Looking forward to it. Great, great, man. So to start us off, please introduce yourself. Who is Darius West? What do you do? And what do the people need to know about you? Okay, of uh, Darius West, owner of Aragon Entertainment. Uh, we we produced, along with Block Lava Films, directed and produced the first documentary chronicling the beginnings of Christian hip-hop called Might Drop the Culture of Christian Hip-Hop. So we're working uh, around the clock on that, as well as uh, other things we have on our plate. I'm, I'm a fam- uh, I have a family of five. My wife and I have three daughters together, and... Uh, 13, 9, and 13, 10, and 9. We're working on our daughter's high school schedule now. So that's, you know, that's a a change within itself. So three (laughs) girls. And so, but uh, life is always, life is never boring. Man, I got my second second middle school, though. I ain't trying to hear nothing about high school yet. (laughs) Other than that. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to get to where y'all at. Um, so talk to us about uh, you know, your your beginnings. Like, how do you get into? Because Mike Drop is your directorial debut, correct? Yes, so, sir. Talk to us about um how you got to this this point of directing. Yeah, uh, I've done some uh, uh, any uh, quite a bit of directing in my life. Uh, whether it was from being a choreographer, directing dancers. Or being a, a playwright, directing actors on the uh, you know the stage, to now directing in film. So this is my first, like as you mentioned, my first directorial debut. Um, I went to film school, uh, moved to LA from San Diego. Uh, you know, was my place I resided before I came to LA for twelve. I was there fifteen years, and so I came here, went to film school, uh, just reconnected. Well, not so much reconnected, but stayed in contact with a good. Uh, Big brother of mine, a good friend of mine in the industry, uh, Michael Anthony Taylor, who is owner and CEO of Black Lava Films. And he works, he's been working with Warner for uh, close to 20 years. And so between myself and him, we've we've known each other for 31 years. And uh, we both worked together with Carmen back in the uh, early 90s. Uh, Did a lot of music and things back then when Christian hip hop was just in this beginning, the throes of his beginnings. Uh, right. So he, uh, he and myself just have been working on this since uh, early part of 2015. And uh, just um, we were just speaking just last night about how five years ago, none of these things were in place. You know, the opportunity to have an article with uh, Rapzilla and those, you know, a holy culture and the opportunity to premiere. So a lot of things that we, we uh, desired years ago is now coming to fruition. So we're just kind of looking back over it and just looking at what God has done. Man, hey, Amen. You can tell he got some media <laughs> right. training, right? He just kind of like big, <laughs> concise. <laughs> oh man! So we we love to delve into the creative process here on Missing Link Podcast. So please tell us tell us a little bit of, of how 
I guess what, what life circumstances or what happened along your story, right? You've been on Earth for some time. What happened along yeah. the pathway of your story that led you to where you are today and um, allows you to kind of get delve into that creative process? I, I feel like a lot of creators um, don't tap into their story enough to use as motivation as to what they do and what they're talented in. A lot of the times, yes. a lot of us are just trying to figure out, hey, what is the lane that I need to run in with all the all of these different talents that I have? So what what was your story and got you into film? Because you, you mentioned a bunch of stuff. You said choreography. You, were t- <laughs> you, you said a whole bunch of stuff. So what kind of helped you streamline? Uh, I, I believe one of the things that helped me streamline is really getting the, a, a better grasp on my vision in life. Because, uh, you know, being a multifaceted, multi-talented person, a lot of times it can be very confusing what lane and what area you're supposed to go into. And so even when I moved to L.A. from San Diego, I was a worship leader for close to uh, four, about five years. So I, I led a worship team. I helped, you know, for for those for eight years. I was there for eight years. But for those eight years, I helped establish like two or three bands. So I was really into music a lot. Hey. So even when people thought up when I moved to LA, they thought I was going to come here and pursue a music career, but it wasn't that. It was <laughs> into film. Me, it was always it's always about Ecclesiastes uh, three and one is probably one of my uh, favorite scriptures. Like to everything, there's a uh, season and a purpose for everything under heaven. Basically, it's, for me, is always knowing what the purpose for each season of my life is. And so, you know, I have a lot of people who knew me when I grew up in Tulsa as a teenager, as a dancer and choreographer. You know, just this past July the fourth weekend, I had some uh, reunions with some of my ORU alum guys, and they're like, "Hey, man, you still doing choreography? You still dance?" I was like, "No, that's with my thirteen-year-old daughter right now." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that season of my life is that's that's not the purpose for the season of my life. So for me, it's really understanding uh, the gifts that I have, what God wants to do in each season of my life. So this season of my life right now, I mean, is, is, is a film and director. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I didn't grow up thinking or believing or wanting to be a director. For me, it was always following God and having a better understanding of the vision that he's placed before me and how each gift would process me to get to where I'm going. So that's where I am in my life right now as a director in film. All right, so let me ask, um, <laughs> has your, <laughs> the, the area that you're, you're directing in, right, has it always been um, Christian-based or faith-based, or are you, because you're in L.A., so you're in the hub, right? Yes. Um, but are you doing faith-based, or are you, you know, open to everything? Because, you know, I would think that, and I could be wrong, but I'm thinking, like, in the Christian space, most people are like in Nashville. That's kind of yeah. like it seems like it's the hub for the Christian space. But you chose LA, so is this a thing where you're able to be more open um, in the lane that you want, in direction you want to go? Yeah, I believe so. At least uh, LA, you have that opportunity to do more and not really be placed into a religious type of bubble. Uh, my my idea, even when coming to LA and doing film and uh, going to school. You know, documentaries wasn't even a thing, you know, back in 2012, you know, when I made my way to L.A. and, uh, you know, finished film school in 2014, uh, that, uh, early part of 2015. And with the opportunity presented itself to do this documentary, documentary still wasn't a cool thing. But my executive producer, good friend Michael, said, hey, we have this opportunity. We can, you know, tell this story. And even at that point, I was still like, OK, let's do this. 
but I've already had like five or six scripts that I've written that I want to do film. You know what I'm saying? So, and and most of my most of my writing in film is more parabolic. So it's not it's not like your your Jesus movies that you that you see you know obscene, but it's it's films that that are more universal that have a kingdom message threaded throughout the whole uh, film itself. So that's that's my forte. But I understand even more now looking back and seeing the process of why God wanted to do what he wanted to do with us for this film because I believe this has opened up other doors for other artists and, uh, and uh, filmmakers who want to do Christian based uh, film around Christian hip hop as well as doing more films that are more universal because even this film and being a documentary about Christian hip hop is, is more geared toward a mainstream audience as opposed to a Christian audience, which is why Warner Warner Music Group took it on as for distribution. Right, nice. So let, let's talk about the let's talk about the uh, about a mic, about mic drop. Um, where where did your your look? Because you've got to have love for Christian hip hop if you're doing a whole documentary. This has not been done before, as far as anything that I've seen. And then also it it really pays homage. To the OGs. So, where does your love for for Christian hip hop, or even let's be let's be honest about it, holy hip hop? I know that's that that was the like more the original name. Yes. Oh, did we lose you? All right. Nope. You still got. We said it. We still here. Still, yeah. still got you. Okay. okay. All right. So, what was the uh, the original name, uh, or or what was the the original? Where did the love come from for you for holy hip hop or CHH as we know it now? Yeah, I think I probably just references a uh, uh, few minutes back that myself and uh, Michael Anthony Taylor, Michael used to be a part of a group called um, Oh man, you got you got JC and the boys, you got JC JC Crew, which was eventually be turned into ETW End Time Warriors. Uh, they were one of some of the f- first pioneers of Christian hip hop based out of Tulsa, as well as Stephen Wiley. I was a part of that group of young people who uh, were surrounded around these guys like uh, Stephen Wiley, uh, SFC, PID, ETW, um, Dynamic Twins, because we all had the same, either the same manager or the same booking agent, because I had a Christian rap back then as well. <laughs> and so so whenever SFC or Dynamic Twins or Idol King would come to L.A., you know, uh, as a choreographer and dancer at that time, as well as a singer, we will open up for them, but then we'll do back, we'll dance behind them. You know, we'll do wow. dance behind FCSC, or, you know, we did a video, uh, myself and my good friend Morris Jackson, we danced behind DOC for their star song debut type thing. So I was already in the mix with a lot of these guys because, like I said, we, we shared the same manager. Uh, her name is Rosemary Jordan. She's still here with us in Tulsa, and so we. It was it was a very very small group of, of artists at that time, and you talking about the the mid to late eighties and early nineties. And so my influences coming in was first Stephen Wiley. I heard about him in like 87, 88. Then, you know, Dylan's Michael Pease and it was PID, SDLC, and everybody just kind of, you know, came together. And so that's where my love for Christian hip hop began. So that's what we did. We went back to the, that, the nostalgia of it, back to the moment and the, the ministry and the call. Of that, so that's what my drop is really about. Because you know, I get a lot of questions. Well, is this person in it? Is this person just like what we're going to establish right now? This is not about the people two thousand and up. 
This is about the people who who bled, who shed, right. who tra- blazed the trails. This is about the people that we knew on a personal basis, and their stories needed to be told. Wow, not not the ones who were quote unquote persecuted or looked down upon. He talking about the ones that were probably physically stoned for yeah. for, <laughs> for doing this type of work. Wow, you well, know, fist fights and everything what? in churches. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, you, you <laughs> yeah, yeah. devil worshiper. Devils, bring it. devils, get out of here. Wow, yeah. that's yeah, uh-huh. that's insane. Well, first of all, I, I got to say this on the record. You, well, praise God, you age extremely well, brother, because you look <laughs> like you got no business even knowing about those errors. You're naming years, and I'm like, dang, I wasn't even bored yet, son. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> Well, I, I was, Black I, was crack, man. I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just learning you how to walk, right? I was just learning how to walk. <laughs> but you, man, you, you look amazing. You look great. Thank you. Um, geez, that might be all that choreography and dancing and running around. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, all right. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I, I guess without giving too much away, of course, uh, on what the documentary is about. Mic drop. We don't. Want, we want to tease people enough so that they yes. they want to go and watch it for themselves. Um, because disclaimer, I am. I, I'm glad you stated that. Like early 2000s, late 2000s, whatever. Um, because I consider myself a quote unquote rapzilla generation of a Christian mm-hmm. hip hop person right i didn't come on too much later i mean i didn't get saved until the end of 2006 got into leadership and got rooted in the faith 2007 ended up getting into leadership and stuff and then uh that fall was when i entered uh community college and i i really delved in and got uh invested in in the world of Christian hip hop really opened up, right? So yes, for late, yes. late 2007, 2008, and then that's when it was, you know, whatever was being posted by these particular media platforms. So mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit. What what that was, that beginning, that inception phase that really started it out that people don't know about. Yeah, uh, you know, for for us, and there's always the discussion because even when we had the uh mic drop experience in Dallas we had all these you know these pioneers these legends in this one room and uh you know Justin from Rapsilla he was there he was doing the live stream and some of the questions that came up you know who who's the first or who's the godfather of Christian hip hop and you have you have Stephen Wiley and Michael Peace sitting together next to each other because some people <laughs> say well, uh, Mike Peace is the godfather and Stephen Wiley but it was what was so amazing that you actually had Mike Peace said hey no he's the godfather he's the guy you know what I'm saying? It's Stephen Wiley. He he's the first one got distributed first. He's the first one. So it's 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 really the love for one another and support mm. from one another. And so for us in in the uh, beginnings of Christian hip hop or holy hip hop or back then it was just called Christian rap. Um, you know Stephen Wiley is the guy. You know there's also a guy named MC Sweet that came out. You know some years later on a 45. But he wasn't mass distributed and not really considered, you know, you know, like Stephen Wiley is. So it begins with Stephen Wiley, Michael Peace, P.I.D., who's out of Dallas. Peace is out of New York. Uh, Wiley is out, out of Tulsa and, and Soup out of, out of L.A. You know, and that's really for us. Th- these are the pioneers. You know, these are the guys that that really put Christian rap uh, on the map. D-Boy Rodriguez, who's mentioned quite a bit in the film as well. Mm-hmm. And what he had to go through and just really so you had Tulsa, you had New York, you had Dallas, you had LA. Those are the four landmarks in the coast. Nashville in the sense of DC talk, but when we're talking about hip hop, hip hop, these are the guys, you know, and that's that's where we come from. 
And how did that happen? Did that happen like in pockets? Was this happening like simultaneously, or was it like it was, folks got in touch it, with each other? What? What? It was. It was happening in pockets. You know, uh, Soup talks uh, talks about his experience, and and you know he was real heavy into hip hop. A lot of these guys were heavy into hip hop. Uh, you know, before they became believers, and then you know start doing uh, Christian hip hop. But Soup talks about that how for a whole year. He didn't listen to hip hop, or he was just kind of cleaning himself out because he just got saved. And so he went to a Christian bookstore called Berean uh, Christian Bookstore. I think it was in Tulsa or wow. uh, uh, somewhere. And he and he saw like this this uh, you know not a statue, but the the uh, stand up of, of Wiley. He's like, man, who this dude? And, and he was going there. <laughs> you know, he started listening. Because his wife at the time said, hey, you know, you love hip hop. Why don't you just do it for God? He said, well, I, I felt that was kind of weird. So he you was know, so I'm going to go research this. Mm. Then this, he said the other lady, the lady who was working in the store came and said, oh, well, we got somebody else. And he said, Michael Peace. So he said, man, I, he said, so there's two guys out, Stephen Wiley and Michael Peace. He said, so I'm not the only one. So that's kind of really how it organically grown for a lot of these guys. PID released their demo tape in 88, the same year SSC released their demo tape in eight, two different states, you know, thousands of miles from each other. So we believe God was calling these guys, you know, just from different parts of the nation at the same time. And eventually they all became a unit. And that's where we, that's where we get a Christian hip hop, man. I don't know. Crazy, right? <laughs> so one of, the, one of the questions I have <laughs> is what 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 would you say is the was the overarching um, challenge of that time? You know, I know we we talked about you know people literally saying this is the devil's music, but what was like the overarching? Was it that, or was there something else that? Because it's a different time, different period of time. Everything now is kind of like indie and easy. You know, just yeah. upload it and put it out. But what what was the Maybe it was logistical issues, you know, with the, with being spread out. Uh, what was that main I mean, issue? Well, part of the greatest main issue, the challenges a lot of these guys faced was really trying not so much get recognition, but being recognized in terms of this is a ministry and this is something that needs to be established in the industry of Christian music. Mm. Um, you know, they they were they they were not surprised, but yet you know had their. Uh, you know, um, feelings hurt in the sense to where, you know, mostly the black church wasn't accepting it because, you know, with black church, like, oh, that's hip hop. You don't bring that boogaloo. don't bring that stuff. Don't bring that devil into the church. But then you have more white churches that was more accepted to it because they love, you know, white people. They love the entertainment. They love, uh. you know, what you do, but they don't want the culture. They don't want everything else to come with it, you know? So they, but I think the more, the more of the challenge is really the industry. You know, you had the record labels, you know, who's like, well, this is great, but how do we, how do we distribute this? You know, who's going to listen to this? And they're like, well, we got, we got tons of cats who want to listen to it. Just get, just get it out there. Help us get it out there. So that's really what the challenge. So you had, you know, soup, you know, selling demo tapes out his trunk of his car, PID doing the same thing, just going to wherever they had the opportunity to present the gospel, even to the back of somebody's yard, you know, know the verbs. Is that Adam Nashville, who was a dancer for DC Talk and uh, who was based out of Memphis, not Memphis, but Phoenix, Arizona? He talked about picking up a flyer and it said just Christian rap on it in Arizona and find out he goes to this backyard of somebody's house in the hood and there's SFC just on, on some like makeshift shades in somebody's backyard just you know whatever opportunity Praise so for God. them it's like just just give us the, the opportunity to minister because their uh, their heart wasn't about we just want 
to you know get a big deal we want to minister to these young people and part of that is getting these this music distributed process and sent around the world so that globally it can you know we can be accepted and really seen uh you know taken seriously in our art and our craft and ministry man <laughs> wow so basically the same stuff we're doing now even now <laughs> Yes. A lot of a lot of the racial things, the tension and and not being taken seriously, still not having. Well, do you think that uh, Christian hip hop, Christian rap back then had a better foundation? Do we than we uh, do now, or um, do you think it's still that? Yeah, I think there was a much better foundation in terms of one. Uh, these were the first guys that did it, so they and, and also women at the time as well. So they had a better foundation in terms of their direction. You know, the, their heart was really for the kids. And and so they, you know, ETW, I've been with ETW quite a few times in discussions with them and just hanging out with those guys. We went to the same church and uh, and just seeing that, you know, let's pack it up. Let's go to North Tulsa. Let's pack it up. Let's go. Let's drive down to Dallas. Let's pack it. Let's go to Kentucky because here's an opportunity for us to minister to, to some kids, man, who need Christ. You know, uh, Mike Peace on the corners of New York. Just just spit. You know, just spitting and people just kind of flocking to him like, oh, OK, I can do this with Jesus. So it's really more of a uh, uh, understanding, a revelation and a revealing of what God could do through this tool called Christian hip hop and, and seeing as an opportunity to minister to young people. Man, I'm hyped to see this. First of all, I, I, I love documentaries. <laughs> um, when good. I first got yeah. saved, I was heavily into. So I, I'm big on like apologetics and uh, church yes. history, ecclesiastical, ecclesiastical history and stuff like that. So yes. this is super exciting for me. I'm so happy that God <laughs> called you and chose you to do this. Uh, when I first got saved, Man. like it was those like those revival uh, videos, mm-hmm. right? It was like a, do- yes. a documentary series. It was like in 13 parts and it, and it covered like every major revivalist since like God knows how wow. long back, right? Um, so th- this is how I see this. I see this as um, a, a real asset and resource to the community to help bridge the gap. Um, one of our first interviews on this podcast uh, was actually with The Truth. And okay, one of the nice. questions that we were blessed by, I think, the most, or I, I'll speak for myself, LNF, I, you could agree or disagree, but one of the biggest answers or responses he gave us that was such a blessing to me was the dichotomy or what the disparity is between the older generation and the younger generation of mm. what we now consider CHH, right, Christian? hip-hop um and that there is this disdain that hey the og uh, a lot not all of them but the 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 perception is kind of the ogs or the originals are kind of like nah y'all doing it wrong this is all mumble rap y'all don't got the right heart it's not enough jesus in it and then the young guys is like man we seen y'all do it y'all y'all can't take care of and feed your families we doing it the way that we can to break into the industry and to actually make this profitable right but we still love the Lord, right? So it was yes. kind of like this this kind of break in generational gaps. And I, I see this as that because you can, you can, this is something tangible that you can see the transition of. So um, I guess what, what is, first of all, let, I guess some, some simple questions. How, how long is the documentary? Is it broken up in series? Is it like one big part? Um, do you have segments? What, what is the format uh, that you chose to do? Yeah, the format for this film, the first, uh, the first, um, I guess, presentation of Mic Drop is a 70-minute film documentary that focuses on 
really the pioneers. Uh, and you you have other artists that are in there like Know the Verds, Petty D, who are like the second generation mm. after these guys to really pay even more homage to the pioneers and how much the influence that uh, the pioneers had on them. And you know, I think uh, even with you know re- referencing your conversation with the truth. I think a lot of the miscommunication that comes into play or misunderstanding, I would say, is that when and Soup does it really well, he says it. he does, you know, says it very well. There's a difference between Christian hip hop and Christian rap or hip hop and rap. You know, hip hop, you know, the people, they love hip hop, but they were paying for the rap. And what, you know, to kind of break it down for you, DC Talk was really the face of Christian rap. During these, you know, the, the basically the early '90s on, mm. and so a lot of the money or influence and the back in the Christian rap came on the the, the tales of DC DC Talk. So if you was connected to DC Talk somehow or with uh, Forefront Records, then somehow you was able to kind of ride that, but you didn't get the same financial. Uh, stability. You didn't get the same kind of respect. So, you know, you, you still have groups going out, uh, you know, driving miles and miles and end up at churches or events and still not get paid. That never happened for DC Talk, but it happened for a lot of these guys mm-hmm. who were considered more hip hop than rap. So, but what, you know, and to speak to what the truth says, when DC Talk trans, uh, uh, transformed from rap to alternative rock, there was a continual, there was a schism that happened because now the focus is no longer on Christian or Christian rap anymore. It's more on Christian alternative rock. Mm. So what people like the truth are saying is is great. However, what he doesn't understand is a lot of the financial gains that could have taken place for the pioneers was connected to the success of DC Talk. But when DC Talk became alternative rock, those lines were cut. And so these guys had to go find regular jobs, figure something else out, because no one was focused on Christian rap anymore. They was focused on the alternative rock. That's why when it, it took two thousands or so to cross movement to pick up the pick up the you know uh, pick up the cross so to speak and continue on. Mm-hmm. But people don't talk about what created created the, the schism or the uh, the break in the bridge is because rap's focus or the industry's focus on rap was DC Talk and the other guys were just kind of like okay we got them too so let's move them along but once the DC Talk did a 180 it was like uh so the so the bridge that could have been there wasn't there because of what the industry's focus was on in terms of Christian rap Wow. So so I'm saying that I'm saying that to wow. I'm saying that Whoa. to defend my guys the pioneers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I hear what the young I hear what the young guys right. are saying. And, 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 but I and know what that, I saw. And of course that's not yeah. that's not every that's kind of the general the general yeah, the, the general. more controversial extremes of the arguments, right? Um and, yeah. and, and truth wasn't actually co-signing either of those. Um he actually loved and shouted out a couple of the younger guys and said, you know, we need more collaboration. This is the advice yeah. that I would give. Genuinely be you. Uh, make sure your heart is rooted. So he, he gave wonderful advice to follow that up with. Um, I guess, LNF, did you have something? Because, you know, I'll keep going, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, one of the questions I had actually was, I guess, with that schism, right? Did that force people to go the more... Um, like shooting more secular as far as like a sound or, or um, because, you know, when you when you remove somebody like, a, a you know, a DC talk from the space, that takes a lot of that attention to what you're just saying. Right. So did people have to like, I'm, and I'm thinking like the grits, but uh, like grits. But yeah, 
um, or tunnel rats. Um, was this well, a, was there a directional change? When you mentioned grits, that's important because grits was connected directly with DC Talk. So the mantle was basically placed on grits, mm. and so that's why grits had the opportunities, and and they had great opportunities. They were the first one to get music and, into a film and things like that. But there was their connection to DC Talk. All these other groups didn't really have no direct connection to DC Talk. So grits did have the success that that a lot of these groups didn't have because they didn't have or weren't connected to the DC Talk or the branding around DC Talk and Goatee Records, and so um, so which is a different different document within itself that's why with this one it's really focused on these guys who who really paved the way because even toby thought he was the first one until he realized pid was out fcs fcc was out down there betweens was out you know Stephen wiley mike peace you know <laughs> he thought he was the first one you know you know but at liberty university you know rapping rapping but of course he wasn't and so it's just God just used them in the avenue that they were. But, you know, just really looking at what what took place from that point. But none of these guys went the secular route in terms of the pioneers of these guys. You know, DC Talk, I mean, the Dynamic Twins, SFC, PID. They still continue to do do their thing. DOC came on uh, late, uh, later in the early 90s as well. And, you know, continue to do their thing. Star Song came out, Great Tree Records, you know. Uh, brainstorm became more international. Brainstorm international. So they continued to do what they did, but they did feel the brunt of what happened once you know the shift took place from Christian uh, hip hop or holy hip hop to alternative rock. Ooh. So where where can um I guess for us us younger folks right where we want to learn about the the history and the happenings like where do we go obviously we have you know your your um, documentary that's gonna you know shed a lot of light um, and expose us to a lot but is there anywhere where you can go that's like written history or is this a thing where you have to you know talk person to person face to face to really get the you know the history of the, of what happened and where yeah, uh, you know, Christian I, I believe Rath Sketch the Journalist who's out of Houston is probably one of the most documented uh, you know person who documented a lot of the uh, struggles and things that happened in, in the pioneer time Rapzilla has some articles as well but I think when they they were there at the premiere in Dallas and, and were able to now actually see these guys face to face and talk to them face to face it, be- it became something totally different it was like okay now you get to really you know see and experience and you know from the film you get to hear stuff that you never heard or interviews that they that they had documented or just, or recreated from some other source so now you had dining between you can sit, sit right in front of Noel, Noel and Robbie like hey man what was it like this or, or Peace or you know PID you know all these other guys so each W Johnny Williams and those guys so I think it's you know having you know, having opportunities for, you know, you guys to, you know, do interviews with some of these guys one on one. Now, I think the access is there now because we've we're helping to bridge a gap uh, between then and now, not just in words and not just in the film, 
but we actually in the process of creating a foundation that's going to provide the finances and the resources to where we can actually create the bridge from a financial standpoint and the educational standpoint. Music, you know, understanding the music business, what it means to have your music license and your rights and things like that. These are things that we're doing behind closed doors now. You know, uh, along with uh, my my brother Trig from Holy Culture, oh, that we're establishing this. It's called the Legends Foundation. We're establishing this for the purpose of bridging that gap, uh, passing the baton or passing the mic from generation to generation to show the legacy that was not uh, able to be built or transferred because of the gap that happened and the disappointments that happened. Now we're able to come together. You have all these guys like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, so we're on that we're on that path as well. Not just talking, but doing. Man, <laughs> so much, <laughs> so much in just a half an hour. Um, wow. That I, I guess from a from a creative standpoint, um, it, it was two questions I had in my mind. I don't I kind of want to ask one, but it's a tangent. The other question might be more along the line. All right, so let's let's keep it along the lines of the convo so far. Um, how do you when when there's so many different people involved? Because I think this has been um, at least in my time in the genre um, and what I've witnessed, stories I've heard. Right? Um, how do you guys check egos? How do you stay on the same same wavelength to be able to collaborate and build what you're talking about? Uh, support systems and actually um, hit the ground running as opposed to just talking about certain things how, how do you guys maintain that um i guess speaking from your perspective and what you've learned from those that you work with yeah i, I believe when the vision is very clear and is articulated and people understand where we're going because you know really we're doing the process and uh the filming of documentary since january 2015 up to this point it's been a tremendous process of really people uh helping people see the vision of what this is because we We've I've I've interviewed people in their houses, uh, and, and traveled around the nation, and I have footage of people I couldn't put in the field because they didn't see the vision or they didn't sign off to have the, their, mm. you know, interview. In the, in the, <laughs> so it's like, you know, unless you catch the vision, unless you really understand what this is all about, that this is not about us. It's about doing something together so everyone else can eat. It's not about me eating. It's, it's about us coming together because you know I've had several people say oh no we're going to do our own documentary okay that's cool but what if we came together and did one together how much more of an opportunity would that be for you right. to promote your personal thing so I, we've, we ran to a lot of those things you know I, would, I, I won't name names but you know they know who they are you know hey we want this we want this we want this and say so, well we can't provide it okay we're not going to be a part of it. it it is what it is right. so I think a lot of it has to do you know, the people perish for the lack lack of vision and lack of knowledge and understanding. And so there are those who are watching from the sidelines. I know. I know for sure that if, if I say their names, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. I know they're kind of probably like, dang. Or, you know, maybe kind of like, man, I missed it. <laughs> you know? And, well, that's, but this, this is just the first film. You know? And so we're, we're planning to do more. We're actually working on a docu-series called Queens, The Ladies of Christian Hip Hop and we should be uh, set for release in two, uh, 2022 Woo! so we're working with some of the females of that so, you know, and these women they catch the vision like, yeah, let's go <laughs> and it's, it's, not, it's not it's not, it has not been a hard uh, like, 
pulling of the teeth as it has been with some of the uh, guys that we reached out to over the past few years. Wow. That is fire. <laughs> That's fire. So, so I guess, I mean, that's a good segue uh, into the original question I wanted to ask was, what was the reception like? I mean, aside from this cohort of people that kind of just weren't with it, what what was that process like reaching out to the Mike Peace, to the, the Stephen Wallet? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, what was that reception? What was that process like? How did that happen? Uh, was it just kind of genuinely relationship or was there a lot of behind the scenes business aspect to it as well? Yeah. Some of it was relationship. The other, other uh, was just the business part of it really uh, coming. Because, you know, you have to understand, a lot of these guys, the Pieces and the Wileys, the Soups, have been interviewed, you know, you know, hundreds of times over the past years about their experiences and what they've done. But this is, this is the first time, actually, that something of this caliber... We present to them, say, look, we already have distribution. Before we even turn this camera on, we're good with Warner. So don't even worry about that. It's going to get out there. We just need your story. So I think mm. a part of the, the selling point is letting them know this is going to happen, whether you're in it or not. So <laughs> we just got to let, let you know it's going to happen. And we don't want you to be like, man, I, I missed out. So those, for me, those are tremendous selling points because if you understand the film industry, distribution isn't done until the film is done. But if you could secure distribution before you turn the camera on, then it's you're, it's, it's, it's better for investors because, oh, this has already got, you know, Warner attached to it. It's better for those who want to be a part of it. And some people just didn't believe, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let me see. Let me see the paperwork. Why, why I need to show you paperwork that I, we got with Warner. That's 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 none of your business. That's that's for your eyes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's confidential. Why would I show that with you? You right. know what I'm saying? You this know, ain't the streets. Uh, so, what you mean? Show me the paperwork. Yeah, yeah. It ain't in the back alley deal. Come on now. But um, so I, I so part of that, I, I believe, was very helpful in understanding that this is who we have on board with us. And these are the people that are involved in this project. So we're we're excited about it and we would love for you to be a part of it. And, you know, then we take it from there. I think we've seen a lot of the uh, the marketing has been awesome for this, man. Uh, we, we've seen it. What? You've been on, on the news, been on Fox and stuff like that. Do you have uh, yeah, any plans uh, on, I don't, you know, pushing this out to like festivals? I, would or anything say, I like wouldn't that? know the, the full marketing plan for Warner, but uh, we're we're like everybody else. We're a year behind schedule because of COVID, but we're right on time. So. It's kind of like, Praise <laughs> God. you know, so so last year, this time was supposed to be the time where we did the premieres all of summer of, of 2020, then released a film in the fall. So now we're, you know, a year later, that's what we're doing. You know, we of course, we had the premiere in Nashville last October in Nashville for a small group, about 100 people. But we're we're right on time. We wanted to do Nashville. We wanted to do Dallas. We wanted to, to do Atlanta, which is what we're preparing for now. So that's already been in the plans. And so the film to be released, you know, sometime later this year. So there are the talks about putting in the the larger festivals just to get the word out there. And, you know, and eventually once it's released, it will eventually land on Netflix. But a part of that Mm, is part of the plan. Yeah, that's dope. Well, first of all, let me say this. One of our last interviews was with the homie. You probably already know him through either either directly or Mm -hmm. through some type of network. But uh, MC Nice, um, the MC Nice. Uh, he's <laughs> he's the main proponent uh, behind the scenes of gospel's ho- gospel house of hip hop 
Holy House. Oh my God, yeah. I always mix GH three, right? I always mix GH3, mix up. Yeah. <laughs> I always mix up the acronym. Forgive me, nice. Right. Forgive me, nice. Right. Um, but Summerfest, Summerfest twenty twenty. Yes. What is your opinion about that? Not not to take the attention off of the documentary, but I believe this is like just just the timing of what's happening in the culture, right? For something as huge as this, and it's happening in LA, right? Out of all places, in LA. In LA, they rented uh, a soccer stadium, right? A premier make a, venue, make a California stadium. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about this this event and what this means for the culture and just kind of the timeline of what's happening with you in the documentary and now such an event happening at this gravity for the culture? What, what's your opinion about that? I'm just curious. Man, for such a time as this, uh, I last year in May, I believe we're still at the beginning of the April or May beginning of uh, the pandemic I did an interview with MC Nice here in LA mm. it just opened their uh, uh, studio you know where we actually could see out the window people could see us walking you know doing the interview so we was talking about that he, they talked about how it was just postponed for 2021 but they was going to still keep the 2020 Summerfest so um, so a year later you know and him and I still, he was supposed to be at the event in Dallas, but because he had to meet with the senator, uh, California, and also the mayor LA, he wasn't able to attend. Oh, no big, but we would yeah, be no there. big deal. He just yeah. had a couple of meetings. Yeah, no big yeah. deal. Yeah, a couple, <laughs> couple of big meetings. You know, and I understand because it's a big event, probably one of the first big outside events in LA besides the ones coming up on July 24th. We have Justin Bieber and all, all these guys performing at the SoFi Stadium. But uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, uh, I'll be there. I spoke to Nice. He wants to bring me on stage, introduce me, and show the trailer for uh, for two of the uh, premier times where big performers are happening. So it's it's it's, it's great, you know, because we we've had opportunity to uh, create a bond and for him to promote what we're doing. And then you know, right now we're we're focused on the the October Atlanta premiere. So great opportunity for us to promote that as well and what we're doing with the with the pioneers. So it's been I, I love I love what he's doing. Man, LNF, I'm going to turn it over to you, but please let's connect offline. I would love to talk about how we can help to promote and uh, have we, we have a bunch of stuff planned for this summer uh, here in, yes. in New York City. I'm in New York City. LNF is no longer in NYC. <laughs> D. Praise God. D town. Uh, so. Yeah, so I, I would love to connect with you offline and talk more about that. We got a bunch of events that are going on, and we would love to help promote and, and get the word out there, and even maybe even uh, host an event where we can premiere yes. it out here in the tri-state. That'd be super dope. We'd love that. Yes. Yeah, I guess um, you know, closing up for the uh, the documentary itself for Mike Drop. Uh, what is the takeaway that you want people to have? Um, is there is there a message throughout? You know, like a story being told, or is this more of just the facts are being shared? So, what what is the oh, message? Oh, yes, the message throughout the whole documentary, which is you know quite in your face and very apparent, is people understanding that. Uh, you have to be called to this thing. It's not just a genre. It's not just an industry thing, but it's a ministry, and that's what that's what these guys really take to heart. So when you no, know, we had young young artists there, young people, you know, 18, 19, you know, at this premiere, and one guy got on the mic. He was just crying. He couldn't even talk during the Q and A. How impactful this film was, inspiring him to keep going, seeing what these guys went through, but kept pulling through, understanding like, man, I ain't going through nothing like these guys are going through. Why am I tripping? You know. That kind of thing and just really it's inspirational one the message is about man you got to be called to do this you know people die for this people you know really suffered a lot 
you know, to pave the way for a lot of the artists that are experiencing this, experiencing this today. And so that's, those are the two things that, that a lot of people take away from the film. Uh, you know, actually one of the artists that's, you know, we, we highlighted three artists today. We, did, we shot a film, or excuse me, we shot a concert in Dallas in 2016 at the RBC Club featuring Shy Speaks, Adrian Butler, and Street Hymns. And we wanted to infuse the documentary with that. Kind of has the 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 show vibe, you know, the documentary in the early '90s, the show where you had like all the different artists doing performances, but then you see the interviews and all that. That's that's the that's the feel of this documentary. So you got to kind of feel what's happening in the culture of Christian hip hop today as well with these artists in this club, these you know millennials and just dancing and you know vibing. But one of the artists that were in the film. Uh, they finally made it to this premiere, and after seeing themselves in the film and seeing how impactful they're like, oh my god, you know, I, I, what, are, what what y'all need, man? I, I'm here to help out. You know, <laughs> it's like we want you to see what we created from what you know, you know, we're talking about four and a half years ago. We filmed this, so a lot, you know, you forget a lot. But then when they see themselves in the film, like re- they really see the potential of what this can do for them, their ministry, but also for their brand, because that was the whole reason. So we want to help launch you guys, and that, this that would be the best great, way to man. do it. Uh, film. You know what? I, I want to ask. I want to ask. And hopefully, it's not too off the wall. Because, um, but is there? Do you have a, a personal? I know people like to have in hip hop their top five, right? Um, do you have like a, a top five or Mount Rushmore for uh, holy hip hop? Oh yeah, Christian man. Rap? <laughs> These guys are all in the film. <laughs> I don't think I put in five, but you know, I, you know, the guys started wildly peace. You know, they always have to be in the conversation because they were the first ones. Uh, you know, of course, Soup to me is like the goat. You know, he's like the Dr. Dre of, of hip Christian hip hop. You know, he's like his name reverberates even to this day in Christian hip hop. P.I.D. Fred Lynch in particular, who is actually the co-producer and my business partner in my drop. Help us help us get a lot of these guys like Peace and Dynamic Twins and, uh, you know, those kind of guys. Uh, you, you, you have, uh, you know. SFC, PID, Wiley, Peace, Dynamic Twins. You know, yeah, man. It's just like, <laughs> man. You know, this could go on, but yeah, that, that to me is like the Mount Rushmore for me. D Boy Rodriguez, all right, man. You know, it's kind of hard to kind of dwindle down, but just all these guys that are, that are in this film are people that I, that I was either. Uh, in contact with indirectly or directly or was associated with in some way shape or form during that time man praise god if it wasn't for proximity and and having these type of formats or interviews i I don't think i would have ever heard of any of these uh names just to be honest um and and i feel the same conflict when somebody asks me it's like if you had to like categorize like how how this there's just you do that there's just so many there's so many and then you gotta you gotta think about content you gotta think about style and there's so many yes, other variables all that stuff right so, much, yeah. so many other variables so i guess uh, to fast forward it to 2021 is there anybody that you feel like or it, if you could group them together just some random names doesn't have to be a particular list or order um is there anybody yeah. that's noteworthy to you um that that's coming kind of reminiscent of the culture and the times of uh gospel rap or holy hip-hop or uh you know 
true CHH, whatever people want to call it or deem it, they, are, are there any notables uh, or people that you would be interested in connecting with or highlighting in later? Because you talk now, you're talking about like a docu series. So eventually, yes. eventually, this history is gonna catch up with us, and then we're gonna be documenting real life, like real time. Yes. So, yes. Who, who are some people of interest for you, for Mr. Darius Webb? Well, I, I would say um, one person in particular who's already in the film, who's actually my godson, so I, there's always some bias there. Oh, snap. But, <laughs> but uh, Adrian Butler, uh, he he was five, six, seven years old watching us oh, do our thing in, in wow. the late 80s, early 90s. And so, uh, you know, and his father was a worship leader who traveled with a choir to fire. So he was always surrounded around wow. the worship experience. A choir to fire. And so, yeah, you know, <laughs> you talking about way that, back. That right? was the first. That was the very first. Uh, because, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but um, no, no, no. Uh, so I'm based in New York City, uh, born and bred um, in New York City. Got saved, had been serving in ministry for about 15 years now, um, wow. and I never got the opportunity to attend a rap fest. The one year that I was actually like had all intentions on going made sure it was on the calendar was the year that uh bert decided to set it aside and put it down mm. uh, so i never got a chance to attend a rap fest um yeah. and the closest thing ever to it was actually an acquire the fire event um right the fire. youth ministries got all together our whole youth group went um i was a leader at the time and it was like andy minio lecrae mm-hmm. uh, you name yes. it you name it was there this is back i don't even remember what year that was that had to be like 20 20- 13 maybe 2012 2013 um yeah had to be because heroes for sale came out right that was like what 2013 mm-hmm. something like that anyway sorry keep going <laughs> so you <laughs> you said acquired a fire and that triggered something to me because that was that was the first event where i saw just such a mm. multitude of diverse people who were really about the culture of uh, if I had to put a name on it, and this is what I call it most often, uh, it's urban ministry, right? Just urban yes, ministry yes. and just so many uh, diverse cultures of people coming together where Christian hip hop was actually appreciated and welcomed, not just at face value or commercially. You know what I mean? So, sorry, yes, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> so, notable yeah. mentions. And, yeah, and, and I believe my godfather, Curtis Butler, had a hand in that because he was probably the only black guy on the stage during the beginnings of Acquired Fire. He's a worship leader, so he would always uh, you know, speak to Ron Luce behind closed doors. Hey, we need more we need, we need more urban type of type mm. stuff in there. And, and and that, you know, later in life you see how that it had transpired. But yeah, Adrian Butler, uh, because he has the heart and really the culture uh, of what these guys really believed in terms of ministry. And so um, God Chasers, I talk a lot with Brinson Wright. Oh, snap. Him and I are really good friends. That's the bro. And so, matter of fact, he has sent me a snippet of some of the things they're doing. And I said, all right, you know, I saw it. I said, okay, man, I want you guys to be in Atlanta with us. I want you guys to open up this thing. Uh, and so, you know, just just paying homage to him and what he's been doing, I guess, for the past 15 years with God's Chasers. And I really saw their heart and their music. I said, this is what these artists were doing in, in their heart and their, their uh, you know, and their messaging. And so, yeah, those two, the first things that come up, first two that come up, Bree Smiles, uh, good friends with Bree Smiles out of, uh, out of Cali. She was there in Dallas promoting the queens ladies of christian hip-hop we had, did a teaser and she she introduced that talked about that so 
yeah, you know, just looking forward to the opportunity to, you know, this has been a great opportunity to connect with, you know, a lot of the artists that I've never heard about, never knew about, and uh, and, and just been, and, you know, MC Nice has been instrumental in that because they play a lot of these artists or, or you know, highlight these artists, Rapzilla, Holy Culture. So I get to, you know, get to see a lot and hear more because I'm more into the interested into what's happening than I was, you know, five years ago. But, you know, it's been a great journey. Man, I just want to say on the record and LNF, take it away. But uh, we have a theater connect here in NYC and we have access there to you go. various venues. Uh, so I just want to okay. put that out there. Oh, yeah, so we, we got you. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's have a premiere yes. in NYC. Yes. We get Mike Peace Amen. to come down, whoever else plans on Whew, uh, driving yeah, yeah. over, flying, whatever, and, and make a whole premiere out of it. Roll out the red carpet. That'd be super dope. Yes. That'd be dope. <laughs> 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 I was like, yo, we, I just, I just sent it in, in a group. So man. we have a, a collective group. I won't mention uh, who is a part of that group just yet. It'll be all formally announced and made public very soon. But we are, we are aiming, um, which is why this is such a blessing of an interview to speak to you, Darius. Um, we are aiming with one heart and one intent to really elevate the culture and create a ecosystem that helps everybody to eat. Um, so we mm. want we have chosen to take the charge to help facilitate uh, venues and events here in NYC because it's it's dried out for a long time um, mm. and it's been very very difficult to to monetize and being the black let alone the green when it comes to yes. events in New York City and that's, that that makes no sense everybody wants to come to New York everybody wants to come to New York like that makes no sense it's it's the LA of the East Coast right. But yes, Atlanta yes. has become the hub of the East Coast. Yeah, so, yes. it, I, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, Lost <laughs> and Found, go ahead. It, that, that's what we're doing. We're, we're hosting events. So I sent that out and I said, yo, we're interviewing Darius West right now. Yo, I just mentioned to him we should host the premiere and we'll we'll talk about like promo and, and sharing snippets. And he's like, let's do it. Yes. I got a theater to connect. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Hey, let's do it, bro. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Darius, man uh, We want to be respectful of your time So I'll ask one last question uh, Hopefully it's a fun question um, <laughs> Depending on how you answer uh, So I saw on your on your <laughs> I saw on your page, man You, you uh, enjoy comic book <laughs> movies So I wanted to ask uh, Marvel's MCU or DC, DCEU for you? Which one? Well, definitely MCU I, I got oh. all these My daughter's ah. in the house I got all my daughters in the house, and they're just big time Marvel fans. Black Widow's coming out, and, and we we watch we're watching Loki series, uh, yeah. So it's all Marvel in this house. Right? But we we so I did watch the Justice League, Zack Snyder's one, the four hour version. I loved this. I, I watched it twice. Cause I was like, okay, they should have did this. They should have did this okay. one first. <laughs> they should have did all the. They should have did this. Zack Snyder, right. you know, <laughs> great, great director. So uh, you know, kudos to him. And of course, the other uh, film, uh, DC film, was the first Wonder Woman, not the second one, but the first one. Kind of, you know, I think that brought mm, a lot right. of more attention to DC. And, and that and the Warner is connected with DC Comics, so and uh, DC Universe so they, they got some other stuff that's coming up but but definitely MCU in this house especially with uh, my daughters <laughs> go, I can't get man. one man MCU <laughs> but you rock with you rock with Justice League so we'll, I'll, oh, I'll yeah. take that 
this Zack Snyder. Well, now, yeah, exactly. Now, now I have to go watch that one because any type of uh, clips late, I've bro. seen, and I actually enjoyed the Wonder Woman movies, but I, I, I got to catch up on oh, yeah, that four-hour yeah, you know, uh, DC I, film. I didn't think. I didn't think. I was, I was like, man, four. Because my wife and I, we were on our not honey, but anniversary. We went to Austin, and she was falling asleep. I said, you know, this I only watched it four hours. Man, four hours. But I watched it. Wow. She woke up at four in the morning. like, what you doing? I'm still watching it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, it was so good, man. And the way they yeah. broke it down in, in chapters, I was like, then. okay. He, he was thinking. Yeah. He was thinking. So, yeah. Right. Great. Wow. That's dope. All right, man. I, I'm going well, to end it off on a good note. Know. Yeah. We're going to take that. Um, so man listen all the listeners man this is the the missing link podcast here featuring Darius West today uh Darius thank you for your time man and the uh the the documentary you said is coming out this year so fourth quarter this year yes fourth quarter fourth quarter this year awesome. fourth quarter yes. in the clutch awesome man this is going to be a crazy yeah. year cuz yeah. we're like the world yes. is opening back up we got uh, well, we got KCA's is going to be back. Are you familiar with the Kingdom yeah, yeah, Choice Awards? Hosted here and there. Yeah, we, we were going to try yep. to come there. I'm just having the scheduling thing because we have a big Disneyland trip with the uh, girls that same week, and there's a lot going on. So, hey, okay, I'll try. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, if you want to, if you want to send somebody yeah. as a proxy, or if you want to establish a showing, a preview, whatever, here, I, I'm connected yeah. there too. So we we got. We got uh, wait. What's coming first? Uh, Kingdom Choice Awards, Summerfest, and then we'll be looking forward to yes, mic yes. drop, fourth quarter. Oh my yeah, god! I talked to Baron. I talked to Baron Mack uh, this past week. He was okay. in Dallas for the premiere, and so uh, I told him we're going to try it. But if if I could just send him as a proxy, I send him with a clip, show it, you know, even have Michael Peace drive down. Yeah, I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna represent there somehow, even if I'm not present. That's fire. We can even do a live stream. Never know. Oh. Hey. The tech is there. We can do that. The tech is there. I'm I'm about to call I'm about to call Minister Marcus (laughs) right now. Right as soon as we're as soon as we hit hang up. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) Aladab. So lovely, bro. I love well, this. We so want to thank y'all once again, and and Darius, thank you uh, for tuning in with us, man, and and being uh, so open and, and sharing so much with us today, man. Uh, it's it's been one of the more insightful, I think, interviews that we've been able to do as far as uh, the history of CHH. Uh, so we thank you for your time, man. Thank you for for coming on with us, and uh, for all y'all who are watching, man. Make sure that you like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and if you're uh, listening on one of our syndications. We thank you for your support uh, and keep tuning in, man. Yes. So we love you all. This is the Missing Link Podcast, and we out. Peace. Every time I get the spell, cause it's a thrill to put Christ on the pet to still. Cause men are in sin and death, you can bet it's real. He can take you out and won't make you get the bill. So we're telling all men, we're exalting the hero. To pay the fee, making you free like net zero. What an offer, y'all should bum rush the altar. Call to the Lord in any season, he'll sort you. I ask you, don't you know wrath is coming at you? Where the spirit is, there's liberty without the statue. Peace, sword, please, Lord. There's a debt, but we don't have the cheese for it. Man's tough, but he can't seem to break since handcuffs. Proving to be the flaky is like dandruff. And plus, at his core, man's dust. Man shucks.
surrender, come to God with your hands up. The light of Christ is a blazing one. There's a fight to live right in this major sun. But the grace has come, so we praise the sun and celebrate him because we know what he saved us from. The light of Christ is a blazing one. There's a fight to live right in this major sun. But the grace has come, so we praise the sun and celebrate him because we know what he saved us from. True, Christian people get the mad big ups. Life can jerk you like some bad hiccups But your God fights, you only spar Facing drama and trauma like you're on ER But you're victorious, in fact already glorious God said it, I'm just repeating what the story is But let me set it, straight all the credit Goes to the Lord, don't forget it If you never get a Grammy, get the name and let it ring All praise Jesus, aka Elohim Who rules everything, you're every king's king You outshine every bling bling Doing your thing so well Get a prize, you're so Nobel. Peace, you're the prince of the angel screen. Well, cause you're the most high, but oh my, you play the Noel. I'm angel, they should have made room in the hotel. The human race as a whole fell. So now life is short, like a mobile phone with a low cell. Can't believe you died when we were screaming, go hell. A people sure to perish, like a turtle with no shell. You know well, Satan tricks, man, pulling them down like quicksand. They got them thinking they're a Christian. Man, we better recognize who you are. Heaven and earth's true superstar. They get yeah. household of faith now, right? Raise them up if you're living by grace now. Raise them up if you're seeking God's face now. Raise them up. All my people in the place now. Raise them up. Household of faith now. Raise them up if you're living by grace now. Raise them up if you're seeking God's face now. Raise them up. All my people in the place now. Raise them up. Jesus, Jesus, y'all know the name. Y'all ain't feeling him like Novocaine I know, y'all think we're so insane But that don't matter Cause we're not going for fame We're flowing for gain You know we gotta go in his name The same God who's sovereign Came in a human frame From heaven to earth like falling rain So that we could call his name And be born again We know the God who's controlling things The living water like Poland Springs Who went away but he's coming back like boomerangs Until then, all of creation groans in pain Cause then got the world locked like a ball and chain I get the hunch like know the name that many Christians won't expose sin or exalt the name, but that's the thing that gets our names in heaven's hall of fame. Truth, the light of Christ is a blazing one. It's a fight to live right in this major sun, but the grace has come, so we praise the sun and celebrate him because we know what he saved us from. The light of Christ is a blazing 